How you doing out there? The uh, That drum, it never gets old. I tell you, I, I just love it when that thing comes on. I just want to pound a drum, kind of like listening to Phil Collins on In the Air tonight when he pounds those drums. Hey, I'm referee Mark Fralick. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 12 of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. My guest today is Tracy Lindsay, a Michigan resident in Temperance with an Ohio basketball officiating license. Now, Tracy has been a basketball official for 30 years, and she's worked nine regional tournaments and four Final Four girls tournaments in Ohio. In 2004, she received an award by the National Federation of Interscholastic Officials Association for Referee of the Year. What a great honor. She received this award uh, because she fit the criteria, which officials had to exemplify the highest standards of ethical conduct, moral conduct, and carry the endorsement of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. Uh, Those of you who know Tracy know that she definitely fits all of those standards, and she was very deserving of that award. She's also been a, a staff member of the Catholic Youth Organization for 20 years, assisting in referee training for youth. And in 2017, she was inducted into the Northwest District Basketball Officials Association Hall of Fame. I think you're going to really enjoy Tracy on this episode. She provides some great stories from her 30-year career. She offers excellent insight to basketball officials, so I, I really do hope you enjoy the show. Remember that this podcast is made possible week in and week out because of the support from our major sponsor, PQ2 LLC, and its owner and fellow basketball official, Matt Kearns. So be sure to visit pq-2.com and see how Matt's PQ2 LLC can help your business. And with Thanksgiving approaching, if you'd like to give thanks for this podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm backslash mark dash Fralick and clicking on the support button. From there, you can select the $0.99 option, the $4.99 option, or the $9.99 option. This can be a one-time gift, or you can utilize the monthly option. I just really appreciate any support that you can offer to keep this podcast going. Again, I hope you enjoy Tracy, and I think she'll offer some great insight for you. Enjoy the show. So Tracy, welcome to uh, the podcast today. I'm glad you're able to join us. Um, it's always a, a pleasure to have a veteran official on the show. Oh, thank you, Mark. I'm very excited to do this. Um, when you first asked me, I was a little taken back because I thought, boy, I don't know what I'm going to say, but <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Thank you. Yep, I think so. I think you're going to have a lot of good things to say to help the basketball officials who are listening here. Um, one of the things that I want to talk to you about before we get into our segments is the 2004 Referee of the Year Award that you received from the National Federation of Interscholastic Officials Association. What a great honor that must have been. It looks like you pretty much fulfilled all of those categories of high standards of ethical conduct, moral character, and and it carries the endorsement of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. So that just had to be a thrill for you. It was so exciting. Um, as a matter of fact, 
I got a letter in the mail and I read over it a couple of times and I thought, what is this? Is this a joke? <laughs> and so <laughs> I didn't believe it was true. And so I ended up sending an email um, to, ha- uh, oh gosh, to Hank Zborniak. Uh-huh. And um so I sent him an email and I said, Hank, I received this letter and, you know, I, I just don't know if it's true or not. And I didn't know if this was a joke. And so <laughs> later on that day, I get an email, an email back from Hank and he said, Tracy, no, this is not a joke. It's real. We have nominated you for referee of the year and we are excited to say, you know, that you've received, you're going to be receiving the award. So it was pretty exciting. I I was embarrassed that I even sent the email to Hank, but I just didn't think that it was true. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, you know, I think that's something that uh, when you get something like that, boy, how do you <laughs> how do you go on from there? And, and you automatically turn into a mentor, don't you? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, I the funny thing is, is that I'm I'm. I am kind of shy, believe it or not. <laughs> and refereeing has kind of pulled me out of that a little bit. But I started to get people to say, hey, can you work with me? Um, you know, let's or let's take some games together. And and um, then I found out that, you know, they they wanted me to help them and to teach them. And that that made me feel awesome. So, yeah, absolutely. And that that's really that comes with the territory for that and that's a big credit to you and also you know it's kind of a big credit to your family too and and as i look at the uh, bi- biography that you sent to me um we didn't did not touch on this on the um on the segment earlier but tracy's been married for 38 years to which i think is great what you call your best friend bob and uh, you have three children uh, bobby christopher and nicole and uh, Nicole is also married to a basketball official, Mike Bird. And then you have four, uh, as you say, beautiful grandchildren. So I, congratulations on that. But talk a little bit about, you know, married 38 years, the, the three children. How, have, how has that worked in your basketball officiating career? Um, you know, Mark, to be honest, it was hard in the beginning because um, – Actually, I I wanted to be a referee so that I could get to know my kids' friends better. You know, they were going to Catholic school, and um, I didn't know any of their friends. So I thought, well, you know what, let me – they were playing basketball, the boys were. And I thought, well, let me try to get into refereeing. You know, I can make a little bit extra money and see how this goes. So um, – my sons just thought it was so cool that mom's going to be a basketball official. You know, they just thought it was the greatest thing. But when I got to know their friends and then their friends' parents, they weren't so thrilled about it, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> so my husband, um, in the beginning, I wasn't traveling as much. And as time went on and um, there was more of a demand for women officials because there weren't as many of us around. And so it seemed like I was getting a lot of more, a lot more phone calls and asking to travel a little bit more. Um, and my husband wasn't real happy about that at first because we're trying to juggle three children. Mm-hmm. But when he saw that I was happy doing what I was doing and I, you know, I just loved it. He got to be more supportive 
uh, up with it, you know. So we we ended up, you know, I I would try because I was doing varsity games. Then later on, I could go to my kids' games and watch them play, and then go to my varsity game. So it it did help that I was around a little bit more for their games and stuff. But it it's not easy to try to juggle your family and referee basketball. But when you have a supportive husband or partner, um, it does make a huge difference. And he would come to my games sometimes. So until the fans started screaming and yelling and he couldn't take it anymore in the stands, he, you know, then he quit. He stopped coming. But, um, yeah, my husband would have to drive me sometimes to my far away games because I would get lost and I'd be calling him like, I can't figure out where I'm at, you know? So he, he would start going with me periodically, but yeah, my husband is, he's pretty awesome and, and very supportive, which is a huge thing for, for me. Yeah. And, and for any official, like you mentioned to have a spouse um, that supports that is, is really critical and it helps you um, really just relax a little more on the basketball floor as well. So let's, um, yep, it really does. So let's talk a little bit about the pregame. For those who are unfamiliar with the podcast, it's broken into multiple parts, just like a basketball game. We begin with our pregame, move to the first and second quarters, break into a halftime where we'll take a short break. And then we head into the third and fourth quarters before enjoying some postgame and then the final five quick decisions. Uh, before we do that and before we get into the pregame, we want to thank our sponsor, Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC. So here is what he has to say about that. Hey, ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. Well, welcome to the pregame uh, with Tracy. And Tracy, I want if you could just talk a little bit about your journey into officiating. I know you talked a little bit about it uh, prior to pregame, but uh, give us a little idea of uh, officiating in the beginning of your career and how things have evolved. I always tell people, you know, when I first started, it was like a joke. We'll just see how far this goes. And um, I had people telling me half, I want to say like five or six years into refereeing, um, they'd say, Tracy, you need to get your varsity license. And I'm like, no way, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, I don't think I'm good enough. I'm not going to do it. And Whitey Hefner and um, Sam Sorolski were my two biggest fans, mm. and they would bug me all the time. When you're going to get your varsity license? So I thought, well, I'll go ahead and do it. So I did, and next thing you know, I'm getting all kinds of varsity games and just a strict varsity schedule, which was awesome. Um, but my one problem was I, Sam Sorolski hooked me up with Jim Oberlander and Jim Oberlander at that time um, didn't know me very well, but thought, Oh, I'll, I'll give her some games. And um, so <laughs> Jim would give me games in Bucyrus or Norwalk or Tiffin Columbian. And 
I had no idea where I was going. <laughs> I would, I'd have to go and, and print off the directions off the computer and try to follow them. And I was horrible at that. You know, it's so hard to drive in the dark trying to find a school and read the directions. So I would take my 11-year-old daughter with me, <laughs> and my daughter would have to tell me what, where I'm going. And it would, it would always be, Mom, you're going the wrong way. Mom, you're going the wrong way. Or, Mom, there's a police officer behind you and the lights are going. You better stop. <laughs> I swear. I had that happen to me one time, and I thought my daughter was going to freak out. She was just so upset in the front seat that I was going to go to jail because I was going too fast. <laughs> so, And there were many times, actually, I think my daughter was even younger when she would come to my games with me, with me because I remember riding with one of my really good friends, Ralph Green. Oh, yeah. Ralph, yep. Ralph and I worked a lot of games together. And uh, she would be in the back seat. My daughter, Nicole, she'd be in the back seat. And Ralph and I would be, you know, driving to the game. And Nicole's playing or doing homework or whatever. And I'd make her bring her pajamas and her little, you know, um, backpack and she'd have to take a shower after we were done taking our showers and, you know, we'd get back in the car and come home. So it was like a, I don't know, th those are good memories to me of, you know, officiating and, you know, going with my daughter and bonding time with her. And it's funny, she got to the point where I'd say, you know, hey, we're going to go to Norwalk tonight. And she'd say, oh, home of the truckers. <laughs> <laughs> she knew all the mascots in that league, uh, all the mascots in all of the schools, actually. So if she didn't learn anything in her homework, she did learn the names of the mascots in the schools that we went to. <laughs> Well, those yeah. those trips have got to be fantastic remember uh, remembrances for you. Just even the conversations probably that you're able to have with her, because you know yeah. a lot of times us officials we go from work to to the game, we get home, our children are asleep, and uh, and we really miss out on those evenings. So to be able to have her along with you, that's got to be a valuable experience for both of you. Yes, it is. It is, and you know she still talks about it today, and it's funny because. Um, as you said, she's married to Mike Bird, and Mike is also a basketball official, and they have a daughter now, and my granddaughter Ella is one, and I, I said to my daughter, I said, you know, I said, she's going to be just like Mike, or just like you were, Nicole, I said, you're going to go to games with Mike, and she's going to learn all the mascots, you know, <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm sure that they'll do that, because Nicole does go and support Mike, and she goes and watches Hendroff, so I'm sure Novella, or Ella, her real name's Novella, but we call her Ella, Ella will be the same way, yeah. so... I don't care if you call something in my area. It's not going to make me mad. You know, if you see it, let's get it. Let's get it right. And I think that's a big problem with some officials. Some officials will go out and they'll call outside of their area all the time. And then there's some officials that'll say, oh, you know what? That's right in front of her. I'm not, I'm not calling that. When really maybe I didn't see it and I could use some help. You know, um, I like to talk about... Um, if there's a technical foul and I'm having a problem with, or I'm having a problem with a coach, you know, and you see, I'm having a problem, kind of help me out a little bit, pull me out of that situation. And I've had that happen before with coaches, you know, I, I may be stuck right in front of their bench and the coach is chirping big time. I mean, he's just chewing on me and 
I remember working with Jim Keebler and Jim would walk over and say, Hey, just switch me spots. And, and we would just move. So, um, I want my partners to know that, you know, sometimes that does happen and I'm there to help them. So, you know, just give me a look and, and I'll come over and just, you know, we'll just make a switch. Coaches don't know that, that that doesn't need to happen, but you know, we're doing it for the better of our crew. So I, I do like to talk about those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you talk about, um, not being afraid to call in somebody's area, is the conversation more like um, if you're going to come into my area to call something, just make sure that it's a whale and not a minnow? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because there are times that, you know, I, I may choose to pass on something. And I know we don't like to do that. Um, we want to make a call. We want to get it right. But, you know, we want to make sure that it's a good hard foul or I don't know if that's the right word to say is a good hard foul, but, um, you know, we just want to make sure that it's the right call. So yes, I definitely, you know, we definitely need to talk about those kinds of things while we're doing a pregame. Right. Yep. And I think everybody understands what you mean by a good hard foul. It's a, kind of like an impactful, uh, situation right. where they, they need to come in and get that. So I, I, right. I think officials know exactly what you mean. Since we're in the pregame segment, uh, talk a little bit about your pregame. What kind of things do you go over when you're with officials um, before walking onto the floor? Um, things I like to cover are um, our areas. You know, um, I, I always tell my partners that. So what happens when you get into the locker room and, and you're with another official who has no interest in a pregame? How do you handle something like that? Well, Mark, to be honest with you, I think that's happened quite often. Um, normally, I work with the same crew. Um, I work a lot with um, Marilyn DeWalt, Amy Rao, um, Molly Moore. Um, and Molly is always very good about, hey, let's do a pregame. And um, so we we do do that. And, and it's just expected, you know, that one of us is going to start it. And... I do find that when I work with some other guys or a, a different crew, sometimes they don't even want to have a pregame. And, and I need that because now I'm the new person coming in with this crew. So you'll have two people that probably work together all the time or periodically. And now I'm the new person added to that group. And I need to know the way that you officiate. I need to know what, what you're expecting of me. So it's very good to have a pregame because some things that, you know, I may think are a big deal. You may not think are a big deal, you know, like eye contact. I have to have eye contact with my partners. And if you're not going to look at me before you inbound the ball, that's a problem. I need, you need to know that I'm ready. Um, and, and it does happen quite often where, you know, guys aren't looking at you and they inbound the ball and here you may have a sub coming and you see that person coming up, you know, the, the bench. So, or I may be talking to a coach about a situation and I'm trying to make it quick, but I want to give the coach respect and give him an answer if I'm standing right in front of him. So the eye contact is very important with us officials as a group. 
Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. You talk about, you know, officials, we talk about eye contact all of, all the time, and yeah. you just rattled off a bunch of situations where eye contact is critical throughout the uh, throughout the game. So it really yeah. proves that eye contact is important, and also it's something that you really need to cover uh, in the pregame. So, right. yeah, right. so that puts the end to our pregame. We're going to head over to the first quarter, and that first quarter is brought to you by PQ2LLC. Hey, Ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey, ref, click on www.pq-2.com. The first quarter, we talk about coaches and communication. So, Tracy, what are some of the things that you use on coaches that have been effective when dealing uh, with one that might be a little excitable on the sidelines? Um, I really try to let them know that I understand what they're saying. You know, if there's a coach that's just having a fit on the sidelines about a call, I will go over and talk to them. Or I'll stand next to them and and listen. Um, and then there's times, too, when I don't really want to listen <laughs> and I want to walk away. Um, and I have done that before. When there's a coach that's just really excited, I will just walk away. If they're screaming and yelling at me mm-hmm. and won't listen to what I tell them, I'll just make a comment and I walk away, you know, Um but I do try very hard to talk to them and, and let them know that, okay, I understand what you're saying. You know, this is what we saw. And, and they respect that. I'm also not afraid to tell a coach, you know what, I totally blew that. Um, or I'm sorry, I missed it. You know, I, I was always told by other officials, gosh, don't ever admit that you're wrong or don't say that you missed it. But I'm not afraid to admit when I've made a mistake it happens we're human so and i think coaches respect that when you communicate with them who have been some of the more memorable coaches that you have dealt with oh gosh i have so many of them yeah 30 Um, years you probably do and 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 along with that what made them memorable maybe just a couple of them um i want to say nick lowe um he coached at Central St. Francis, um, and Nick, I just re- just remember the one time I had Nick, at uh, he was coaching uh, St. Francis at the time against Finley, and it's boys, and I don't do boys really anymore, but back in the day, I did boys quite a bit, and it was a JV game, no, I'm sorry, it was a, a varsity game, and I missed a call. (laughs) I'm coming down the court and it was a close game and Nick was irate and he's screaming and yelling. And he said, Tracy, you missed that. Don't you know you missed that? And I turned and looked at him and I said, Nick, I did miss it. 
and I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. It had no impact on the game at that point because Finley was up by, I want to say, six or eight points, and the game was almost over. But I'll never forget walking off the court, and um, I heard some people making comments, you know, behind as I was walking out and I'll never forget Nick walking up to me after the game when I had changed and was getting ready to leave. And Nick came up to me and he said, Tracy, he said, I just want to know, I just want you to know I have a lot of respect for you because you admitted to me that you missed that call. And I, I had tears in my eyes. I wanted to cry because I thought I did miss that call and I'm angry at myself, but you know, I missed it. And Nick said, because you missed it and you, you know, you admitted it. He said, I have a lot of respect for you for that. He goes, cause most people wouldn't have admitted that. So that, that made me feel good. It made me feel like, Hey, I did something right. You know, by, by admitting that I sure. did that. Yeah. Okay. Another coach that has, um, impacted me is Jim Grasick. Um, Every time I see him, he he was at Eastwood. Jim's been all over. But I'll never forget the time that I walked out on the basketball court. Jim Grasick is standing there with his team. And as I'm walking away, and I'm sure he's done this to many officials, but it just made me laugh. He said, uh, he, looked, he yelled my name and he said, Tracy, he said, you got your glasses on today? He said, because I've got my tie chart on. <laughs> and uh, I laughed at him. And as I turned around, he has a tie that has an eye chart on it. (laughs) He goes, I wore it especially for you. And I thought, oh, my goodness. So Jim, Jim's pretty funny. He's uh, he's always yelled at me or gave me a hard time about things. But I always know that I can turn and look at him and he'll be laughing. Um, He's just a great guy. As a matter of fact, I just saw him at target the other day and uh he's standing behind me and he said hey ref (laughs) and i turned around and looked at him and i go jim and of course with covid and everything and me not even thinking i'm always a hugger and i had my arms out and was going to give him a big hug and he put his hands out for me to stop like (laughs) no 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 (laughs) so Jim's so, a great guy. I so like he gave him. you the stop sign instead of you giving him the stop sign like in a basketball game, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep, he sure did. But, you know, I want to mention, like, Steve Failer, John Cahill, um, Larry from Tiffin Columbian, and Travis Galloway. They're all great guys. I mean, I, I've worked with – I've worked for, I should say, so many great coaches and coaches that – I could say great things about all of them. I mean, they they have their moments where they give me a hard time or they're yelling at me about a call, but I can see them in a store or I can see them in a restaurant or whatever. And um, they always say hi, you know, and ask me how I'm doing and stuff like that. So I've met so many great people on my journey being a referee that I, I'm, I'm very grateful for those people. And that just shows the respect that you have in the coaching community as well. So that's a, a big yeah. tribute to you. So, so Thank that, you. Yeah. And that ends our first quarter. We're going to head on over to the second quarter, deal with players and communications. But first, Matt Kearns in PQ2 LLC want to tell you this. Hey, ref. 
objectivity, integrity, and experience, all hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customer's successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. So our second quarter, we talk about players and communication, how we communicate with the players on the floor. So Tracy, what can you say about working with the players? What's helped you the most in communicating with them? Oh boy. I want to say working or, you know, talking with the players, um, talking them out of situations on the court, but also, um, just being a normal person with them. Um, I feel like if I talk to them and show them respect, I'm going to get that respect in return. Um, I've, I've met so many good kids um, over the years of officiating, some of them where I've gone to their school many times. And it's funny because I'll see, sometimes I'll see the players outside of being on the court and they'll say, hey, you're our you officiated our game last night, didn't you? And I'll be like, oh, gosh, did you guys win or did you lose? Because I don't want to admit that, you know. <laughs> but they're, um, they they don't walk away from you. And, and that's an awesome feeling, you know, where they'll come up to you and say, you know, hey, you did a great job last night or, hey, you know, you officiated my game last night or whatever. So I guess being on the court with them and just talking to them like they're normal people and um, – you know, showing respect pretty much and getting that respect back. Yeah, it, it's amazing to me how many players, former players, now, you know, they're, they're graduated, come up to me and, and say, hey, you used to do our games. And, yeah. uh, you know, now that I look back at it, I guess I remembered, and I always tell people this one story. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to dunk the basketball in pregame all the time. And, uh, yeah. And we used to have a manager that would stand right in front of the door where the officials would come out. And Keith Van Horn was one of the officials. And I think he was partnered with Randy Bachman. And so they would come out in the game and, and whenever our manager would move, then I knew I had to quit dunking. So I went <laughs> after the game, I went to, um, one of the pizza places in town and here comes Keith Van Horn into this pizza place. And he said, Hey, he said, um, I heard that you were dunking before the basketball game. And I kind of smiled and I said, yeah. And he said, well, just so you know, we, the next game we have of yours is against, uh, I can't remember what school it was. And he said, we don't come out until the 15-minute mark. <laughs> and so I thought that was fantastic. So I knew what game it was and I knew when they were going to come out. Now I trusted them and they, they were great on their word. They didn't come out till the 15-minute mark. So that was fantastic. But oh, those my were, gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, it just – and those are the things that, you know, as a player, I remembered that and, I'll, and I still haven't forgot it to this day. But I'm sure there's a lot of things that we do as officials that – especially when we're communicating with the, the players that they always will remember. Right. Right. Yep. I, I know that, you know, I, I try to, I, let me say this. I think 
in today's world, things are so different with kids, you know, and sometimes I don't get the response from kids that I'm looking for, you know, so I'll try to strike a conversation with them, you know, like maybe on the sidelines or something as I'm inbounding the ball or I'm waiting for a player to come in and I'll make a comment to a kid. And sometimes I get a funny look like, why are you talking to me? You know, <laughs> but <laughs> I try to make light of some situations with kids and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, yeah there's yeah. so many kids out there that, you know, that are great kids and you get the opportunity to meet them or follow their career, you know, and it, it's pretty cool stuff. You talked a little bit about proactive officiating, trying to talk players out of situations. Talk a little bit about some of the, those times that uh, that you utilize proactive officiating um, just to try and help maintain the flow of the basketball game. Um, you know, I use it a lot when, you know, for three seconds in the key or um, as I'm sure all of us do, or kids that um, have a tendency to be um, – a little bit more agitated when they're on the court and if they get pushed a little bit you know you see them kind of react um i remember um good friend of mine al davis we i worked with yeah i worked a lot with al um in my early career and we went to um fayette high school we used to go to fayette a lot together and uh, i'll never forget there was a kid on the team named Shane and Shane would, um, he was kind of like their, their problem kid. You know, he was always very quick to react. If somebody would push him a little bit, he would shove back and, um, it was just that kid, you know, that Mm -hmm. you knew had the potential to get ejected from a game Mm -hmm. or we were going to tee him up or whatever. And, I just remember Al and I talking at halftime and saying, okay, you know what? We got to get on Shane. We need to reel him in a little bit. And he was, he was the one that we always were talking out of a situation and always trying to work with him. And, you know, he, he became a pretty big part of us. We, we would talk to him all the time. We'd talk to his parents, you know, stuff like that when we would go to the games. And this was like, four years that we would see him we would always go there and Shane always played on the team and when he was a senior um we remembered you know him being there and talking talking to him and stuff like that and and saying hey you know what now you're grown up and you're not that kid anymore you're the one that's always out there playing and you're doing what you should be doing so you know I guess talking kids out of a situation where it's going to be crucial for them and the team is what we need to do. Try to talk them out of it, you know? Yeah. And that's a very impactful story too, that you have anytime that we can be um, a positive influence for people like that. I think uh, you just showed that it's definitely something that can be, that can be done and uh, where communication in that instance really had helped. So I think the, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. All right, so let's take a quick break. We're going to go to halftime, and when we come back, we're going to go to the third and fourth quarters, followed by the postgame and the lighthearted five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. 
I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. Welcome back for the third quarter. In the third quarter, we talk about officials, communications, crew dynamics. But before we get to the questions, Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC want to tell you this. Hey, ref. Rule 1, Section A, Article 3 in the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. So the third quarter, we talk about officials and their communications with each other along with and, and how that affects crew dynamics. So let's talk a little bit about uh, officials and what we can do to improve that cohesiveness during pregame, during halftime, during the game, and even during timeouts. Well, I think that um, in the pregame, of course, you know, talking about eye contact, that kind of stuff is huge. So I think that helps. Um Another thing that I think is important is, let's say I have I have a whistle and you have a whistle. Let's say I have a charge, um, you have a block. You know, before we make those calls, um, you know, blow your whistle, but let's get together. Let's talk about it before we make a decision. Um, you have time to do that. And it's better to come together for a few seconds and then turn around and make that call. You want to make the right call. Um I communicate a lot with my partners on the court at halftime or even at a timeout. Um, if I have a question about something, if I think that maybe I might have missed something on the court, I might go to one of my partners and say, hey, you know, what do you think about that? I, you know, did I blow it or do you, did you have the same thing? Any advice for young officials moving up from the lower levels to varsity? Take your time. Don't rush it. You know, it, it's funny because I hear, I don't know what the, the protocol is, and I don't, I don't think there is a protocol, to be honest with you, but um, I know that going, people will come in and have one year under their belt, and then right away they want to take the test to be a varsity official. And I don't understand what the big rush is. I, I waited, I want to say, six years at least before I got my varsity license. And I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing on the court. I wanted to make sure I was comfortable. So my advice is take your time, don't rush it because it, it's just not worth it. it take, you wanna be comfortable on the court. There's a lot of things to consider when you're going from T to R. And I don't think they, they get that. I think they just wanna move up, they wanna 
make that bigger money and it's, it's really not that much difference you know between the two pays what do you look for that impresses you with up-and-coming officials mark i like that the newer officials are asking questions when they're on the court um i do a lot of as we call them pickup games or travel games and when i work those games a lot of times i do get the younger officials um and they do ask questions and i like that you know they'll say you know am i please tell me if I'm not in the right spot or um, if you see something that I don't see, you know, can we talk about it at halftime or, you know, at the end of the game? And, and they, they seem to be willing to learn and they listen to, you know, the, the um, officials that have been around for a while. So when you're officiating with a younger official, uh, do you find yourself as a veteran, do you find yourself in protection mode? Do you find yourself in mentoring mode or no mode at all? Well, it's definitely not no mode at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The mentoring mode, um, I I find myself being in a mentoring mode a lot and sometimes protection mode. Um, That's probably just the mom in me. But I know that when I was just an up and coming official, Um, I worked with some guys that felt like they needed to protect me. Um, If there's a coach that's really screaming and having a fit or a fan that's being obnoxious, you know, um, I know that I've had other partners that have stuck up for me because I was always afraid to stick up for myself in the beginning. Um, But I feel like I'm more of a mentor. Um, I like to tell people, I like to help them because I want them to do better. I want them to be a good official. And that's how I got to where I am today. Um, If I didn't have people helping me and critiquing me and saying, hey, you know, this isn't right. You need to do this or whatever. um, I sure wouldn't be where I am today. So I, I appreciate that. And I think that the newer officials appreciate it when you help them. There are some officials, the newer officials that don't want your help. Uh, They think they know it all, but you know, um, they, uh, those people, I just leave alone. I I don't even try to help them if I see something wrong. So, but I, I do like to help the new up and coming officials. I, I really like to do that. Well, that puts to bed our third quarter. We're going to head to the fourth quarter now. But first, we're going to hear from Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC. Sometimes they'll they'll say, you know what, I'm not looking in that area. It's not my area. Or sometimes they'll say, you know what, it looked good. Um, so I think I think it's very important for you to communicate with your partners when you're on the court all the time when you have the opportunity. Hey ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time. With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. So the fourth quarter is just a variety of questions, variety of questions. And we were talking before we hit to the fourth quarter, and I told her I was just going to ad lib because there's so many questions that I want to ask, but I know we only have a little bit of time. So let's hit the scenario first. So the score is tied at 50, uh, 60 to 60. There's five seconds to go in the game. Team A has the ball underneath their own basket, and there's a timeout. What are you and your partners going to talk about at, at the timeout? Um, well, we, we usually talk about um, – the last second shot where we talk about watch for a quick foul. Um, you know, those are pretty much the things, you know, that we're talking about. I'm always telling my partners, Hey, you guys got the last second shot. I don't even want to look at it, (laughs) but not really, not really. I, um, we, those are the things you have to talk about. You have to talk about the quick foul because you, you know, if they're in one and one or whatever, somebody may foul, so you're, you're looking for those things. When you look at officiating, what do you gain from it professionally and maybe even in your personal life? Well, Mark, I, like you said, I, I work for Toledo Municipal Court. Um, I work in the criminal traffic division, which is not always a positive thing. Um, and so I've learned that on the basketball court, um, to me, it, it's fun. It's positive. It, it makes me feel good to be on the court running and, and interacting with people in a positive way. Um, I don't always get that at my job. So um, I, I sometimes get negativity from basketball and it helps me handle it better because I know how to handle it in my job, if that makes sense. I, I mean, I when people come into the courthouse, you know, they've got a problem and I try to help them and I'm, I'm trying to be patient. You know, I try to be positive with them and it helps me when I'm on the court to be positive and patient. So I, I try to put the two together and, um, so far it's worked. I think I'm, I've learned to be more patient with people at work. Um, I've learned, to be more positive with people at work. And, and then in turn, I, you know, when I leave work, I go to a basketball game and I'm pumped up and I'm ready to go. And that patience and positiveness stays with me. And, and it, and it does help. I, I, I love now I, I love my job and I, I love basketball. So hopefully those two are working together. Yeah, that's a win-win <laughs> situation. A yeah, it's a win-win situation. Right. And it's amazing how many stories I hear from people who get so much out of officiating and are able to apply that to their professional life. Um, yeah. You know, in 30 years, I imagine you've seen a lot of different things happen. But what's the scariest thing that you've seen on the basketball floor or something that's scariest thing that's happened to you on the court? Um, well, one thing that happened not too long ago, um, I worked a, a boys varsity game and, um, th- at the game, uh, the, th- there was a dad standing over by, by a door and, um, we, he was screaming and yelling at one of my partners and just kind of being obnoxious and it, everybody was aware of the situation mm-hmm. and, uh, my partner got, kind of close to him and thought that he smelled alcohol mm. and he reported it. And, um, 
you know, the, the, I remember the athletic director telling us, yeah, he's a dad that we've had problems with before and he drinks a lot. Oh man. Yeah. So we went up and down the court a few times and, um, the next thing, you know, I see my partner having words with him and I thought, oh my goodness, you know, there's going to be a fight right here and it's going to be a dad and a referee. Wow. But the dad actually was escorted out of the gym by the police. And um, as he was walking out, he threatened my partner. And I was pretty nervous about that, you know, because we don't always have protection when we're going out of the gym. Um, Or if we're going to our cars, we don't have protection. And as a matter of fact, this was a school that was you know, like out in the country. And my partner, when we walked out, did not have protection when he left. Mm. So I, that, that to me, that was pretty scary. And in today's world, you know, there, unfortunately, because I work with the court system, I see that things are not great. And, you know, we listen to the news and everything else. And, and it's kind of scary to think that, a parent could get angry at us because we miss a call or they feel that we cheated their team or whatever. And, um, you know, we, we could suffer from that. So uh, those kind of things scare me. But, um, another situation that I had was, um, early in my career. Um, and I remember this game specifically because my parents came to watch me referee and Whitey Hefner was there and, um, I'll never forget, it was uh, Sylvania Southview, and a girl went up for a layup, and she was undercut by another player. Mm. And when she came down, when she came down, she actually broke her leg. Oh, man. And I'll never forget, it broke, and it was it was horrible. And the way her leg twisted and everything, it, it just, it was horrible. And I can honestly say that that was the last game my parents ever came to. <laughs> <laughs> it never came back. <laughs> One so, and done. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. My dad was like, Tracy, you did a great job, but I can't stand to watch that kind of stuff. <laughs> we'll go to the football games instead. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that uh, puts the end to the fourth quarter and we're going to head to the post game section. But first we're going to hear from Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC. Hey ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. As we begin the post game, uh, Tracy, we want to talk a little bit about the the some of the best parts of officiating, which, in my opinion, is the brotherhood and sisterhood of the people who wear the stripes. So, talk a little bit about that brother and sisterhood that you've been able to experience in your thirty years of officiating. 
Oh, wow. I have made some amazing friends um, through refereeing basketball, which I never thought would ever happen. Like I said in the beginning, when I moved to Toledo from Monroe, I had no friends because I didn't know anyone. Um, So, you know, trying to find a job was hard. Trying to meet people was just hard. But early in my career, I... I made a great friend with Ralph Green. Ralph and my husband worked together. They were both deputy sheriffs at the time. And um, my my husband introduced me to Ralph, and we would ride to games together. And um, he didn't care that my daughter would come. And we hung out, you know, um, eating on the way back and stuff like that. So Ralph has been such a great friend. And we're still friends today. And... Um, as time went on, Jim Oberlander introduced me to um, Jennifer Moore, who was Jennifer Lindsay at the time. And it's funny because I would show up at a game and a coach would say, oh, we had your sister, Jennifer Lindsay, here last week. And I'm like, her name is Lindsay, not Lindsay, but OK. <laughs> you know, then it got to the and Jennifer and I hadn't even met yet. And um, it's funny when we finally met, we were like, oh, we're sisters. It was like we were, you know, longtime friends. And um, although Jennifer has retired now, or at least I don't know if she officially said she's retired, but she's not refereeing at this point because of her daughter, Jaden. But Jennifer and I are still friends and she'll come and watch us rough every once in a while or um you know if we're if we're close to her house we just tell her where we're at and she'll drive over and watch us rough and you know we may go out for a drink after the game and stuff like that so um and i mentioned you know molly moore and um marilyn dewalt and amy Rowe. we've we've are all friends and we try to do things even when on the off season so and I, I don't want to leave out my guy friends. I have a lot of guy friends, too, that I've met over the years. And um, I just have, you know, I, I know that I can call them if I need something or just need to bounce a game off of them and say, hey, you know what? I really think I screwed up this game. And, you know, it, it's nice to be able to call someone and say, hey, can you talk about the situation with me? Because I think I might have messed it up. And, you know, you get a lot of... Um, good pep talks from some of them too actually not from some of them from all of them and i i appreciate that you know if i have a bad game or if i have an issue with the coach i don't hesitate to call dave bringman or rick kafis you know any of them any of the assigners um and say hey you know what i think i messed this up bill bradish is a very good one for me to call um he will listen to me and give me encouragement and support. And, and I appreciate that, you know, along that lines, you know, the, with the brotherhood and sisterhood of officiating, what's the best advice that you ever received from an official? Um, Oh boy, that's a good question. The best advice I've ever gotten, I would say is have confidence in yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, you may think that you missed something, but most likely you didn't. So have confidence in yourself and, um, don't give up. You know, there's many times that I've sat in my car after a game and, um, beat myself up because I missed a call and, um, 
or second guessed myself after a game. Did I do that right? And the, the people that I've talked to have always said, you know, have more confidence, um, be more secure with yourself. And that will help you as you're, as you continue to officiate. Yep. That's very, very important, isn't it? When you, um, mm-hmm. I, I know that I've struggled with that as well. And I know a lot of people who have struggled that when they kick a call during the, during the game and, and they come out and it's always nice to have, uh, again, it's nice to have another official to talk to and, and be able to either build you up, kick you in the pants, or just be there to listen to you. So, um, uh, that's the, the beauty of what we do. And, uh, yeah, yep, sure yeah. is. I remember talking to, um, I remember talking to Bill Bradish and it makes me laugh, but he said to me, Tracy, you're your own biggest critic. He said, you know, you beat yourself up a lot and you shouldn't, you don't need to do that. Um, you know, you do a good job when you go out there and just be more confident. And, and that has gone so far with me. So I, I respect him for that. And there's a lot of, I shouldn't say just Bill, because there's a lot of other guys and girls that have said that, you know, that you, you're your biggest critic. And, and I think a lot of officials are like that. But, you know, I, I have to because I want to be better. I always want to get better. So I, I criticize myself a lot. <laughs> well, I think we all do. And, and anytime we can hear the affirmation from another official, yeah. especially a, uh, a respected official, that affirmation is so critical and and i would just say to uh, other officials who are mentors you know it's easy to criticize but officials enjoy hearing the positive remarks as well and i think those are just as important uh, of a learning tool to to let that official know they're doing the job that they're supposed to be doing and they're doing it well and it's just as important that they hear that as they do um uh, the the uh the, the help or the criticism that they receive as well. So, Oh, absolutely. I know when I mentor, um, when I mentor other officials, um, I tell them, you know, Hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to be hard on you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to make you better. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, help you along so that you see what you're doing wrong. And, um, you know, it, it's just going to make you a stronger official. Even I, I help, um, train the officials for CYO. And, um, I've been doing that for quite a while with Jeff Mulcarrick. And now that Jeff is gone, um, I, I have taken it over. I, and I'm going to help this year, I think for a little bit, but I tell the kids, you know, Hey, when you go out, it's going to be hard at first, but have confidence in yourself and know that everything that we've just taught you in your class, um, you know that stuff. So no matter what parents are saying or coaches are saying, you know what you're doing when you're out there. So just be confident, you know, be strong. And, you know, we can talk about other things later. So it, it is, it's huge. You, you have to, you have to talk people up when they're officiating because I look at it as a lot of times when you're on the court, parents think it's their job to bring us down and beat us up. And so when that happens, you have to have positive feedback from other people. So I try to be positive when I'm mentoring other kids. That puts the end to the post game, and we are going to head to the five quick decisions. We're on the home stretch, Tracy. We'll be right back right after this. 
Hey Ref, PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Official site relationships within the community of basketball officials is a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. And now we're on to the five quick decisions. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. All right. Sometimes we're fed on Friday nights or during the week, uh, throughout the week at different places. What's the best food you ever had? Popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to eat. You know, it kills me when I see officials come into a game and they're eating a hot dog or they're eating a sandwich. I'm like, how do you do that? Because I'm so nervous. I just want to throw up sometimes. (laughs) So that's the last thing I want to eat. But at the end of a game, um, if they bring me popcorn, I'm as happy as can be. <laughs> Some schools will bring us a whole pizza. Yeah. I know I've gone to Genoa a few times uh, last year, and there'd be a whole pizza waiting for us. And we're like, oh, my goodness, I can't think about eating a pizza. <laughs> so, yeah, just bring me the popcorn and I'm good. <laughs> uh, maybe the next question I should ask your daughter, but what's the best basketball floor you ever worked on? Uh, not Not college floor. Right. <laughs> uh, I would say Norwalk, their new floor. When it first, um, when they first had the gym built, I loved it. It's beautiful. It's wide. And, you know, I was used to working on those smaller courts. So to run and be on the Norwalk floor was just amazing to me. I loved it. And now there's, you know, there's a lot of schools that have the newer floors, Central Catholic, you know, Notre Dame has a great floor, but I think my favorite was always Norwalk. Question three on five quick decisions. What do you think is the most misunderstood rule from fans and coaches? Um, I would say over and back. Um, a lot of officials, I mean, a, a lot of parents, you know, they see that the ball's in the front court and a foot is in the front court back of oh, the and another foot's in the backcourt. They think that's still over and back. So that one and three seconds in the key, that's another one that just drives me insane. Yeah, yeah, I can't stand it when parents are yelling, three seconds, three (laughs) seconds. So, yeah, that's probably the worst one, but over and back kind of rubs me the wrong way too. (laughs) If there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? The three-point line. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I would – I would love to see it back up. I think that, you know, kids, especially for boys, but I think if you do it for boys, you got to do it for girls. The girls are pretty awesome at that three point line. Mm -hmm. So they, um, I think if they move that back, you, we would see less. Well, maybe not. I was going to (laughs) say, we might see less three pointers being made, but I'll tell you, there's some kids, I mean, kids love to make that three-point shot, and it's huge for them. So they work at it and work at it and work at it. And so I I would say the three-point line. Okay, and the last question that we have on five quick decisions, what is the funniest thing a fan has ever said to you? <laughs> I've been dying to tell this story. <laughs> but <laughs> so... 
I had a game, this has been a while ago, but I had a game where um, I was in Lima and there was a fan in the stands that just loved to heckle me. And I don't know why, but he just had so much fun yelling at me and, hey, Blondie, make a call or um, get your hair out of your eyes. Back in the day, I always my bangs were always kind of short and I could never get them to stay back. So they would always fall down and <laughs> I was a mess. But anyways, I remember at halftime, I had had enough. And I said to my partners, I said, you know what? I've had enough of that guy. And I know you guys hear him because he's very loud, very strong voice. And they kind of laughed a little bit like, yeah, we hear him. And I said, so the next time that guy yells something, I'm throwing him out. And they're like, yeah, right, whatever. So we go back out and I'm going to say the middle of the third quarter, there's a foul. And it just so happened that it was right I was standing pretty much right in front of him, but I didn't really know who the guy was, but I knew what area the voice was coming from. And um, so I'm standing pretty much in front of him as the free throw is being administered. And all of a sudden the gym is quiet and I hear, Hey, sweet cheeks, are you going to make a call out there? And I was horrified. I turned around so quick and as I'm turning around, I see a woman slap this guy. And I thought, that's my guy. I wanted to throw him out so bad. But as I'm looking at him, he is, he's a gentleman in a wheelchair and oh he had my. no legs. Oh my. I thought, I can't throw him out. I just cannot throw him out. My face turned beet red. I was so embarrassed. And of course, people are laughing. Like, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> so... I just kindly walked over to him and I said, sir, this is where my patience comes in, right? <laughs> that I've learned. Exactly. I walked over to him and I said, sir, please stop yelling things at me like that. That's so embarrassing. Please just stop. And his wife said, I told you she was going to throw you out if you don't stop it. <laughs> and then I turned around and my partners are administering the free throws and they're just cracking up laughing. I think they knew that whole time where the, the, comments were coming from and they knew that there was no way I was going to throw him out <laughs> but that is but to me that was the funniest I thought oh my gosh how embarrassing is that you know <laughs> I wanted to yell at him and I just didn't have the heart to yell at well, him <laughs> not only the story but uh yeah the nickname too I, I, I imagine you've heard a lot of nicknames but to hear that when the whole crowd is quiet is oh yes everybody was laughing I thought oh my goodness I've never been called that before <laughs> So it was kind of, I always hear Blondie or Hey Lady or, you know, stuff like that, but never Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> well, I want to thank Tracy Lindsay for taking the time out of her schedule today to be part of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Tracy, I appreciate the time. Great stories, great insight. This has been a, a, a really good hour that we've spent together. Yes, absolutely, Mark. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I, As I had told you, I was a nervous wreck, but it's been fun. It's been really fun. And just talking and going over things with you, it's been a great time. So thank you very much. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fraley podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day. 
brighten someone's day with a smile, and God bless.